0: Welcome to the Reiki Show, hosted by Reiki authors Bronwyn and Franz Steiner, founders of the International House of Reiki. Find out more at www.reiki.net.au
1: Welcome to the Reiki Show. My name is Janet Dagley-Dagley and I'm editor of the Reiki Digest. I'm filling in this week for your regular hosts, Bronwyn and Franz Stina, because they're the guests. Hello, Bronwyn. Hello, Franz.
2: Hi, Janet. Hi, Janet.
1: Hi. Thank you for being guests on your own program.
2: <laughs> I love it. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh, Well, you know, I'd lo- I love uh, interviewing much more than I love being interviewed, so I- I'm much more comfortable on this side of the conversation. And today we have a very special topic that we want to discuss. It's uh, kind of a complex topic because we're going to talk about Reiki past, present, and future. There are a lot of misconceptions about all three. Let's start with some of the uh, misconceptions about Reiki past. For example, it's often described as the ancient practice of Reiki.
2: Well, as we all know, the system of Reiki was created by Usui, who lived at the late 1800s, beginning of 1900s. And so that is not that long ago. Many people would like to believe that, you know, the system was from Atlantis or Lemuria or Tibet and practiced in these ancient traditions. Yes, every tradition has hands-on healing, but the system of Reiki is a, how it was formulated by Miko Osui is a very Japanese concept. We see Japanese tools in it. So, to say that it is something what comes way, 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 way back actually doesn't have a solid foundation. Of course, Osui took it from traditional Japanese practices, what he was practicing himself and utilized different kind of elements of it. But... The way he formulated it was very, very unique. So even that the tools might have been practiced before Asui, and we can clearly see that if you do the research into that, but the way he formulated it was something of his making. So that makes it unique to Mika'o Asui.
0: And I wouldn't want to be too boring to have to repeat that there's a difference between the word Reiki and the system of Reiki. I know we're always saying it, but it has been one of the biggest misconceptions within the system, and that is that the system of Reiki works with Reiki, and we translate the Japanese word Reiki to mean uh, spiritual energy, or in the West it's often called universal energy, so we consider it to be the energy of everything and you will find that uh, if you're doing yoga or Tai Chi or any energetic practice that you'll be working with Reiki the Japanese words you know universal energy so the system of Reiki works with Reiki but the system of Reiki is a set number of practices and that is what makes it unique and different to any other practice and that's what makes any other practice different so yoga has a specific way of of practicing as does Reiki.
1: That's a very good point. The energy, of course, is ancient, has been around for a while in the past, and we hope the energy will be with us for um, <laughs> a long, long time in the future. But the system is really less than a hundred years old. Yeah. And it's a. Uh, it seems to me like a, It's a distillation. Of a lot of the practices that existed before Usui and before he he kind of brought some of these things together, so there's there's a little of the essence of of some of the uh, the older practices, but that uh, those older practices can't be accessed as easily as Reiki can in the system of Reiki, and I think that's what um, has made Reiki so uh, useful and so popular because it's um, it's been Given the structure, it's been made simpler and easier to understand and easier to practice.
2: It is. I think so, too, that Isui was a very clever man. He wanted to create a system, what everybody could practice, no matter if they were a Buddhist, Shinto, a farmer, or uh, someone in a navy. Uh, and he taught accordingly. And so I think that's why, over time as well, you saw a different kind of ways of practicing his system that might be just from doing only specific meditations to working maybe with the Kota Dharma or Jumon mantras or working with the symbols and mantras for example and some practices are easier than the others, some take more time uh, of course then it goes deeper and it all depends as well if you look at the present is how much time do people really spend practicing the system not so much on other people doing hands on healing on other people but really on yourself as a spiritual practice
1: right because the system of reiki is really uh, it's a personal practice and it can be a practice that you share with others it doesn't have to be and the emphasis in the west has been on hands-on healing
2: yeah, I think, you know, when we do hands on healing, the energy comes through us. We are a vehicle for the energy. Well, we need to then look at it that the vehicle needs to be clear. For the vehicle to be needs to be clear, we need to practice on ourselves to make sure that the vessel where this energy goes through has no obstructions. The more obstructions are in the vessel, the less energy will flow through your body. The less energy you can channel for a client, for example. So if I look at from a traditional viewpoint, first of all, uh it's self development and then the byproduct is hands-on healing. Nowadays it's more focused on hands-on healing. If you ask a lot of people and say, Oh, what is Reiki? they say, Oh, that's a hands-on healing thing. While in reality it should be say, Oh, what is Reiki? Oh, that is where I practice meditations. I do self-healing a lot on myself. Uh, I maybe work with the mantras or maybe with the symbols and mantras to develop myself in a more better person, more spiritual, becoming a clearer vessel, and then I can sustain that Hence, on healing in a better way.
1: Right. It would probably be good at this point, and I'm going to ask the two of you because you are um, some of the world's foremost authorities. What with all the research that you've done and the books that you've published, to give us some highlights of Reiki's past, some of the key events, and just a few of the high points of Reiki's history.
2: I think it depends on where you look from which angle we're looking from I mean we could say one of the highlights was that Mrs. Takata started to teach the system in the West um, we can say the highlight was that Miko Usui started to teach some people we can say the highlight was that uh, in the late 1999 some more Japanese ideas uh, came to the West about the system of Reiki so it, it really depends on where you want to look at and which angle. Of course, we can say, too, unfortunately, I haven't seen a really big major highlight because I would love to see some really solid information coming from Japan. And I was thinking about that the other day. I think, what would happen if some information comes from Japan What says, the system, what we practiced in the West, is actually either created by the Usui Gakai and or by Hayashi Sensei, and yeah. maybe has not that much to do with Usui. I was thinking, how is the world of Reiki going to react to that? Are a lot of people to say, oh, that's interesting, I'm going to change that, that I'm now teaching Hayashi's Reiki, or am I going to ignore it? Am I going to try to find out more how it was then practiced by Usui? I'm not sure. I was actually uh, curious about to see if hopefully one day you know, uh, we might discover some very interesting information really about what Usui was teaching and how he was doing that. Um, and I believe that it will come one day. Might be this year might be next year might be in twenty years' time it doesn 't really matter, but yeah, I was wondering actually how people would react to that
1: right right and and if you if you look back before um, you know in the early days of Reiki before it became so popular among um, military officers, it was um, simplified and, and you know made to be something that people who had not been Doing a spiritual practice could uh, could use for more practical purposes, and um, you know how much of what we have learned as Reiki comes from that, and how much comes from Usui's original teachings, and it, it gets very confusing.
2: Absolutely, and I think you know that, that definitely we can see already that Hayashi started to change certain things, and if we look at the symbols and mantras, we can see that it was a spiritual practice. If we look at the amount of students Usui taught, we can see that it was a difficult journey from 2,000 students practicing in Shodan to about 80 people in Okuden, to about 20 um, in Shimpudan. That doesn't mean even that these 20 people have finished a Shimpudan. Who knows? Maybe only five or eight people finished Shimpudan. Then that's only a very small percentage. What it means is that it wasn't relying on doing an attunement and being a quick Reiki teacher. It was relying actually on a lot of hard practices. So are we doing that nowadays? No, not really. Um, So whose system are we practicing then? And I think so too that Usui, over time, depending on which student he was working with, he would... Supplying him with different kind of teachings. So I think when he was working with people who were very much into the spiritual practice, like Buddhist people or maybe martial arts practitioners, he would teach them more the spiritual side of his teachings. While when he was working with the Navy who wanted to more learn how to do a quick hands-on healing, if someone bumped their knee, like a first aid practice, he would kind of just do the first aid kind of element of it without maybe teaching the more spiritual teachings to these people and because in the west um, all our teachings come in reality from Usui Reiki Ogakai or yeah, you or know, like essence of that because in reality nobody really knows what they're teaching but through maybe Hiroshi Doi then, uh, 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 then we have teachings from Mrs. Yamaguchi then we have teachings from Mrs. Takata and then Etc., cetera, etc., cetera. It, it spreads from there. So I think what we have been practicing in the West is very much more so the hands on healing aspects of it than a more spiritual side. And I would like to see more practitioners uh, going back more to the, the, the essence of the spiritual practice. And we don't really have to look that far because it's already in the system of Reiki. It's really about delving deeper into. The tools we all know, no matter if you've done the hands-on healing side of it or not, we we all know these tools. And if we really correctly look from the the right angle to these tools, we can see that it is a spiritual practice. Then we can see, too, how to apply it. But that is something quite different than just doing the hands-on healing.
1: Another key point in the history of Reiki is Mrs. Takata's death and what happened after that because yeah. it seemed that she was very clear and well, I mean, she taught numerous different things and, and there were some differences there, but it was much simpler. And then after that, the people who carried on her legacy in the West went in a lot of different directions. I'm I'm remembering the the chart that you have in the Reiki source book showing all the different branches of Reiki and, of course, many of those are branches that um, came about after Mrs. Takata's death. And I wonder... Maybe if you can talk a little bit about about that part of Reiki's history yeah, when it yeah. kind of went everywhere.
0: Well, a lot happened after her death. I guess it took two years, it seemed, before there was an actual meeting of her teachers, and that wasn't even all of the teachers. By that time, there'd already been quite a schism. That, that, you know, there was quite a breakup between different people doing different things. But the majority of them did come together and hold a meeting, and. It's interesting that it took that long for that to happen. So it says to me that there was very little infrastructure left behind when she did die and that there appears to have been, uh, I would call it confusion, and people not really knowing which direction to take with the teachings. So when people started breaking off and doing their own things, they felt like they needed a way to come together to create... A system, and Hawaii Takata did not appear to teach a, a system. She was very much, I'd say, an intuitive individual who taught according to what she felt was appropriate at the time. And that meant that she taught classes for different lengths of times and perhaps even. Altered what she did teach in the classes depending upon who she was teaching, which of course is totally valid. However, it does make it difficult then for people to carry on with that if they sit back and look at what each other is doing. So, in 1982, I believe it was, when they came together as a a group, her teacher students, and they discussed what they knew, there were differences in the teachings. And that was a problem because with little infrastructure then how were they meant to go on and and teach one specific teaching. At that time there were already teachers going off as I said before and teaching other things and this is where the New Age movement which was quite popular at that time and had been for quite a while uh, became involved within the system of Reiki and today it's quite difficult in the West to actually Pull out the New Age elements from what is taught in the West. And for us and what we're interested in, that then is a bit of an issue because we'd really like to uh, find out and know and teach what was actually taught in Japan rather than the influences of the New Age movement. And that's not saying that the New Age movement is an invalid practice or anything like that. It really is just saying that those practices that are taught within that. Are quite varied and come from many different backgrounds and have perhaps different motivations or, you know, interests, and that may not mix well with the original concept of the system of reiki, as we
1: see it. Yeah. You know, one thing that I find fascinating is that the term New Age mm. was originally a um, a, tr- a copyrighted trademark. For a publisher that was publishing books that they considered books for the new age. Wow. And and so you know, just in the beginning, it was it was a marketing term, and it has never really been a clear, um, organized set of practices. It's just kind of pulling a little from from all over. As our culture became more global, that was a good time to pull in a little from Ayurveda and. From you know a lot of different places it's, it's kind of hard to define what new age is
0: that's correct, and that's why when we include something so undefined into the system of Reiki, people aren't even sure what it is that is new age. and so is that practice a new age practice, or would that be a traditional Japanese practice, or you know it, it becomes quite difficult, and that was what motivated us initially with the Reiki source book, you know, to try to pull these parts out from one another to, to get a clearer perspective on what the system of Reiki is.
1: Right. And I, I think another reason that the, the that the practice of Reiki was, was kind of, I, I don't know if I would call it directionless, because it seems like it went off in so many directions after Mr., Mrs. Takata, that it, it just seems that one factor also was that the survivors of Mrs. Takata, her her surviving students, were convinced that there was no longer a practice of Reiki in Japan. So they didn't feel that they had roots that they could go and connect with there.
0: I think they felt very connected to Hawaii Takata. Oh, yes. And I think that's probably a large part of that, because she apparently did mention to people like John Harvey Gray that she'd been to Japan, that there were people there who had taught Uh, Reiki and perhaps it was to him that she also mentioned that she would met Reiki teachers or people practicing Reiki in Japan so she never really encouraged it obviously. She did say as well to her students that what she taught was different and that it was more simple than what she'd seen practiced in Japan and that she probably felt that what was practiced in Japan was very Japanese (laughs) and and, and that perhaps did not uh, come across culturally to the West.
1: Right, right. Especially, you know, for for much of her life, there was a a strong anti-Japanese sentiment in the United States. True. Um, uh, So let's move from Reiki's past um, into a little more of Reiki's present. We're kind of headed in that direction anyway. Um, Reiki, as it's practiced now, reminds me of, there's this pizza restaurant in New York City called the Original Ray's Famous Pizza. (laughs) There must be about 20 or 30 of them, and occasionally they they file lawsuits against each other, or they they go to the press, and there are these stories about which one is the original Ray's famous pizza. And and I think if I ever did found my own Reiki lineage, it would probably call, be called the original Ray's famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just you know there are so many um, people who who are stuck in this my Reiki is better than your Reiki kind of a thing. And I, I don't think it's helpful for the practice, particularly when you consider I mean, Reiki is so helpful and if people weren't put off by this my, you know, no don't get don't get that Reiki, get this Reiki, my Reiki's better, you know, that, that just confuses people who are coming to us for help.
0: Yeah, that's why we've always tried to focus on education rather than competition.
2: I think so too, that you know, like some people say, Oh you but you promote Japanese Reiki, you say it's better than Western Reiki. Well we're not saying that. What we're saying that it is different. And the focus is different. And You will see that people will be attracted to Western kind of reiki. So with a lot of new age practices, maybe, you know, more doing stuff with the symbols and mantras or crystals or psychic surgery or fluffing up the energy. While other people might be more interested in the simple, clear cut practices as it was practiced in Japan. So both have their value and I can remember when we lived in India, and uh, we lived uh, in a town where there was a big Tibetan community. And we saw these Westerners with the hair shaved or wearing robes. Oh, no, you know, my teacher is better than your teacher. So one day um, we met this Rinpoche, who was as well teaching some Westerners, and we asked him, Rinpoche... Why is this happening, you know? Why do people say this? And he looked at us and he had his beautiful wrinkled face and he was wearing a little baseball cap. And he said, Francis Brahman, do you know how you can spot the real Buddhist? I said, we said, yeah, I don't know. No, no idea. And he said, well, whack them on the head with a plane can see what the reaction is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think what we need to do in in the the Reiki community is coming together. Yes, we have different practices, but at the same time, we need to be truthful to what we say, what we're practicing. So, for example, if someone says, oh, I practice Yusui's teachings and it comes from Tibet. Well, to me, that is not truthful. Where is the evidence of that? Or I might say, oh, this is exactly... How we used to do it. And this is his, his pure clear teachings. That cannot be true either because if we all go to the same movie and, or we go to the same teachings and there's 10 of us, we go away and we talk about it later. We all have picked up different ideas about these teaching or about the movie. One might say, Oh, this movie was a love story. The other one says, Oh, that was a fantastic thriller. Uh, so we, we, we go away then and, and teach accordingly. So, I think it's really essential that if we say and if we claim certain things, then we need to make sure that we have a solid foundation for that. Because else, uh, and now i skip to the future, else the system of Reiki will disappear. And you can see that with all the New Age practices, uh, what we just talked about before, that In the 80s, a lot of new age practices started to appear. You could do this, you could do that. If we really look at it, of how many of these new practices what were created in the 80s, now 20 years later, how many of them still around? There's not that many.
1: Well, I think one of the problems we have with Reiki in the present and going into the future is that with a lot of products or or practices or whatever... For example, if you're talking about a particular drug or a particular product, there's a company behind it, a company that that pays attention to how that product or practice is, is portrayed and and you know kind of goes around uh, trying to you know politely make sure that it's portrayed accurately. And there there isn't, and I don't really know how there can be uh, that for Reiki.
2: Well, that's what I said before. You know, um, when I was wondering the other day if some really solid evidence comes from Japan, how would the Reiki world react? Would they come together? Would would it come together? Would it change? Mm. Would people accept it? And to be honest, I think a lot of people won't accept it because it means that they have to change their viewpoint of what they've been teaching always as the truth. You know, if you teach and you say, Reiki comes from... Nepal, or comes from Tibet, or from Atlantis, and this and this way, uh, and and you always teach that, and then suddenly you find out that that has not not a solid foundation, and that suddenly you find out that there is a different truth, then you're stuck. For example, in our courses, we always say, okay, you know, like. This is what we teach now, but maybe in two years' time that might be quite different because we keep doing research. We keep as well developing ourselves as teachers. So if our teachings is exactly the same in two years' time, first of all, it means that we have not developed spiritually as a teacher, and second, it means is that we might have stopped doing research.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would make any difference, Franz, because... The people that you mentioned that might be teaching that Reiki comes from Nepal or Tibet or Atlantis, you said that they find out that there's no base to it. Well, they know now that there's no base to it.
2: Well, that's right.
0: So it's not going to make any difference.
2: Probably and not. We,
1: still have the, we have the ancient Tibetan practice that was rediscovered by Dr. Usui. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm, I'm hoping as we, as we move now into talking about the future of Reiki, Do you suppose there will ever be a time when people stop calling him a doctor?
2: I hope so. I mean, if we if we can bring it out more and more that Isui was not a doctor, and that at the current time, it's not very helpful to call Isui a doctor, because a doctor in our society means he did medical training. He did not do medical training. He was not a doctor. We all know that. And I, I jump really into the future here too. If we want the system of Reiki and particularly maybe the hands on healing, what I see now in happening in America or in the UK, uh, going into the hospitals, then we need to be very, very careful if we want to really make sure it has a solid foundation. And, and for example, uh, I, I go to some practices. Say you go into the hospital and A person is laying there, has some tubes in their nose, maybe a drip in their arm, and you say, oh, would you like to have a Reiki session? And the person says, yeah, that's great. And says, oh, well, hang on. I first need to draw all the symbols in every corner of the room. Then he says, okay, now I have to put a crystal on your third eye, and then I have to fluff up your energy, and then I have to snap my fingers five times, and then I have to do other kind of things. So I personally think that this person would say, well, sorry, I don't want this to happen. There is too much happening, Yeah, and particularly if you feel sick, particularly if you feel vulnerable. vulnerable, and you don't want all this stuff happening around you. You want someone to come to you, place gently his or her hands on your body, and, and just be in that space without all these elaborate things happening. We need to, in that case, make the system of Reiki going back actually to how it traditionally was without all this extra attachment to it. And then we can actually say, now we can incorporate it into the healthcare system. And it will be so much easier for people then to connect to that than when a person comes and they have to do all these elaborate movements or practices around a person what will disturb the sick person.
0: It does seem that a lot of rules were invented to go with the system of Reiki from the nineteen eighties on, I would say. Although Hawaii Takata was known to have been quite strict as a teacher. People did not appear to ask a lot of questions from her because of that and Uh, They were quite intimidated, I think. They didn't feel it was appropriate to do that. So I would say from the Uh, 1980s on is when a lot of the rules became set in stone. And that's when, after she died and students tried to imitate that thing of this is the way that you do it and and in doing so they created a lot of false rules so you know you're not allowed to do this you're only allowed to say this you must do that and and these sorts of rules have sort of developed over time as well with teachers teachers adding their own extra elements to that and that is when you get all these add-ons that, have, that people feel that they must do specific practices to be able to do Reiki. There's a lot of myth around that. So trying to strip that away and really get back to, you know, what is it that you're doing? There also seemed to be a specific language that came out of the 1980s as far as Reiki is concerned, and it's used often within the, the Reiki Alliance. And a lot of that language is not really language that we ourselves would use in our teachings and it's a lot of that lineage bearer elders this, this sort of talk and that is something that we find within the practice it, it makes it quite a mythical practice and not very down-to-earth practice
1: well let's be down to earth then as we look into the future and and let's go in stages let's look five years into the future we've already had it, as Franz mentioned there there's more and more reiki being practiced in a, uh, in the medical type of a setting, um, and Reiki is uh, is becoming more popular, I believe, even uh, all over the world. What do you think in five years? Tell me what you think will be going on with Reiki, or what you would like to see going on with Reiki. Let's be positive.
2: I like to see people taking it serious, and in a way that they realize that. They are the vehicle where the energy flows through so that they need to make sure that that vehicle is clear. Some more going back to the self-development and then that product really is about helping other people as well taking it more back to the simplification. It's almost like how... Sen is very clear and practicing in that kind of way, so without all the attachments to it and and we know that as well you know if you if you develop spiritually deeper and deeper, we have to get rid of the attachments and might it be attachments to symbols and mantras or putting a crystal on someone or uh, in reality it 's just being with the person, so I hope in the future that that will start to happen, and uh, as well that we maybe start to stop. Calling a Suw doctor, I think that is already a good step in the right direction. Where would you
1: see Reiki being practiced five years from now? That that maybe it's it's just beginning to get into now. We, we mentioned hospitals. Um, uh, what are some other settings that that you can envision Reiki being practiced five years from now?
0: I think you might need a little longer than five years to see a great change happening. It's quite a slow thing for change to move forward. So, you know, you might be looking at 10 years or or more. I would like to see it move in the way that yoga has moved. I mean, it's quite phenomenal that yoga, when would it have been the, the early 1980s that yoga was considered quite an alternative uh, sort of Indian practice and today it's considered to be quite a normal practice uh, that's done in gyms uh, in offices in lunch breaks or before work and perhaps we could see people practicing Reiki as a as a personal practice in those environments as well you know coming together as groups as, as we often do with Reiki which is a great thing it's nice to have that support from one another and to come together as groups and practice the meditation aspects of it, as well as the self-healing and the shared healing. So that would be nice to see that expand further, and that it becomes a regular, normal practice for people, a way for people to connect with themselves and the world around them.
1: That sounds really nice. I can just picture that. Mm. I I look forward to that. Uh, Let's look a little farther into the future. I'm figuring that, uh although we don't know precisely the date that uh, Sui developed Reiki, that in the early, uh, uh well, it was uh, around 1922, somewhere around in there. Let's look at Reiki in the year 2022, or in the year 2020. Do you think there will be a Reiki community around to celebrate the... uh Uh, A century of Reiki, what can you, what do you think will be going on with Reiki then? Well if we have our way, there will be.
0: I think it's very true what Franz was saying before, and that is that if we continue to create histories for Reiki that are false, if we continue to add things on to Reiki without understanding where they're coming from or why they're there, then how on earth are we meant to follow through with this as a true practice?
2: If what is happening still, I mean, I think there's a big movement going back to the simplification of the system of Reiki due to bringing it more into hospitals, uh, old pension homes, etc. People want to go back more to the essence of it. People want to go back more to uh, a solid foundation. And there's still a huge movement out there what likes to create all these myths and extra techniques and teachings. And When we start to do that, and and it just depends on which movement is kind of progressing and what is happening, but if if a lot of people still do that, and I, I think then in 2022, there might be not any system of Reiki left, and it might be just, you know, nothing what we know of now, and it might have been so changed, you might need to do the a hands-on treatment with some fetus in your ears and a candle on your head and turn around three times to the left and then to the right and then you can do some hands-on healing. I mean, we've seen absolutely amazing, strange practices under the banner of the system of Reiki What are pretty scary and I don't think really helpful for the future of Reiki. So I would like to see people going... Back to the simplification. And again, you know, nowadays what we see in a lot of Reiki books still, a lot of people call a doctor. And these, these books have been published recently. Another thing is that a lot of people uh, incorporate, say, for example, Buddhist practices in it. Um, now most of the time there's been Tibetan Buddhist practices because there's not much available on Japanese Buddhist practices so they stick Tibetan Buddhist practices in. it. Now some other people now uh, there's been uh, more Japanese Buddhist books out so then they start to throw other Japanese Buddhist or martial arts teachings in these books but again have nothing to do with the system of Reiki but why add all this extra stuff in it? What will congest the system of Reiki. It's like going into your house and you haven't been cleaning it for a while and you just stick all these things in it, what you collect along the road. Then after about a couple of years, you get crazy. Your house is full of all these old knick-knacky things or what you have found along the way and you can't breathe. And when you can't breathe, you die. And it's the same with the system of Reiki. The more we congested with stuff, the less we can breathe, the pure essence of it. And then the system will move on and it will disappear like many new age practices but um, I do hope and I see it slowly happening that people like yourself Janet are really interested in a more solid, secure, safe, simple Japanese practice what will then flourish and even if there's only a handful of people teaching that I think the system of Reiki will still survive and will still be practiced.
1: So the future of Reiki then, the key to the future is in Reiki's past.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Well then, um, now that we're in the future, let's go really, really far into the future, <laughs> um, hundreds of years maybe, uh, past our lifetimes, to a time when Reiki really would be an ancient healing art. Uh, of course, we can only speculate even about what's going to happen tomorrow, but you uh, You know, yoga has been around for thousands of years. Uh, The uh, Chinese practice of Qigong and Tai Chi, they've been around for a while. Uh, Can you uh, imagine a time when Reiki really is ancient? And how might it fit in then?
2: Well, maybe I'll start with this. Um, The Dalai Lama said a while ago, without inner peace, how can we have real peace? So, what I mean with this is that for the world to survive as it is now, we need to have inner peace. Because else how can we have real peace? And if we look around us, and you know many people say, oh, the world is becoming more spiritual. But if we really truthfully look around us, we see that there is more wars than ever. There's more hate than ever. More racism than ever. And it's pretty sad to see. So, I'm not sure if the world, as it is now, that that will have a place in in, in 200 years' time. Who knows? I'm not sure. Uh, unless we find it in a peace within ourselves, and we need to find it in a peace within ourselves through the system of yoga, through the system of tai chi, through the system of meditation, through the system of maybe a particular spiritual practice, but we first need to uh, make sure that we really practice it and not just do it for a hobby on a Saturday evening or on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday afternoon, but really embody these teachings, no matter if it's a religion or for spiritual practice or any kind of thing, but that we actually come from that inner peace and then we can have peace within the world and then hopefully everybody might practice yoga, tai chi, and the system of Reiki.
1: Well, um, let's uh, wrap up by turning our attention to the more immediate future. This is uh, the last Reiki show podcast. Before your uh, trip, again, you're going to be setting out to uh, continue your, uh, your world tour. Uh, this year has been, uh, you had one in the spring, and now, our, well, spring here. You had one uh, earlier this year, and now you have another one coming up uh, that will uh, eventually bring you to New York. And I look forward to seeing you then. Uh, I wish you uh, a safe journey and enjoyable travels. And we will miss the Reiki show while you're traveling.
2: Thank you, Janet. We're looking forward to our trip, and hopefully we meet some listeners there in person uh we'll be travelling again next year as well and uh but this year would be very exciting we'll be teaching in Holland France the UK and in America and uh yeah definitely we'll see you there Janet thanks Janet oh thank you